Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at Mike Bone, or you can check out my work on my website, which is MikeBrennan.me. I'd also love for you to be a part of our free online Facebook group. It's a private group where people are showing up to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity and craft. It's called Daily Creative Habit. And if you want to be part of that group for free, it's a great community. Simply head to dailycreativehabit.com and request to join today. I look forward to seeing you there. For the past few episodes, I've hinted at doing this series on creativity and mental health. And this is episode one of the series. I want to address why I'm actually doing this before I get into sharing some of my experiences and stories and some particulars. At the core of it, I have found that this is an issue that is very relevant to where we are today. I speak with fellow creative people all the time, and the amount of people who have struggled with or are struggling with depression, anxiety, burnout, um, and so on, it's, it's pretty incredible. And this is more common than not, I believe. And one of the things that I've found is that although as a society, it's gotten a lot more acceptable to talk about mental health and mental health struggles, there are a lot more resources out there, thankfully. But I think there's still this stigma and the shame that is attached to this issue. And especially when you mix that with creativity, and specifically when creativity is your livelihood, things get really tricky. And people tend to want to keep this stuff close to their chest. They don't really want to be vulnerable. They don't really want to open up about this stuff. Uh, Or if they do, they're really not sure where to go to do this and what is a safe space. And so... These are things that I have wrestled with myself. And as I continue to have conversations with fellow creatives, whether it's on this podcast or just even one-on-one in certain settings or even online uh, in, in certain spaces, I have found again and again that this stuff resonates with people. And so that's why I have decided to do this series um, because I think that it is something that we need to talk about. It's something I want to bring awareness to. I also want to be very careful because I know that we may talk about some things that are very difficult and very fresh, and you may find yourself in the midst of some of these things. And I want to be very frank from the beginning. I am not a therapist or counselor. Um, I do have a ministry background, and I have done some counseling in that form, but I am not a licensed therapist. Um, and I do always encourage that someone seeks professional help. Um, even that term may not land on you the right way, professional help. Um, but I do want to encourage you to seek therapy if that is something that you feel like you need. Um, if you're in the weeds on something and you cannot help yourself get out, you need somebody else. I mean, quite honestly, I believe everybody should be in therapy because it helps us understand ourselves more. It helps us process through some things that perhaps we we have some blind spots on. But I want to be very clear about that from the front, um, that I'm not trying to open up this can of worms and stir things up and then leave you potentially to be um, feeling more feelings and, and dealing with some things that you feel ill-equipped for. So I do want to say... Uh, be sure that you seek the proper help. And my goal right now is simply to bring awareness and bring some conversation. And hopefully that will help make those of us who struggle with some of these things or have struggled with some of these things not feel so alone. That's really at the heart of this. I don't really think anybody should be suffering silently and feeling alone and unique in their 
experiences. You know, as creative people, we so often want to be unique. We so often want to be different. Um, we want that sort of uh, stroke of the ego saying, yes, we're not like anybody else. But yet at the same time, we still want to belong and we still want to be seen and heard and understood. And so there's this dichotomy that happens in a lot of us as creative people where we're, we sometimes create tensions that don't really need to exist. And I think this is one of those, those areas where we don't need to make our experiences around mental health so exclusive to ourselves that we feel like no one else can really understand us. Um, now, having said all that, I also want to be sure to let you know that this is not going to be a series of all just like doom and gloom and depression and, um, you know, sadness. Uh, my goal is not to uh, just simply share these things for the sake of, um, you know, making people feel certain things or um, or setting a mood that that is, uh, again, somber. Uh, it's just simply sharing some experiences that I've had, some thoughts I have around this. And I'm going to be having some conversations on upcoming episodes with some other people who have some experience helping some people in these things, helping them through some mental health issues and creativity, um, as well as some fellow artists and creatives who um, have struggled or continue to struggle with some of these things. And so, uh, again, my hope is that the more of us who can rally together to say, yeah, you know what, that's been my experience too, or that is my experience, that we can keep showing up for ourselves and we can keep showing up for uh, the people who need what it is that we create, right? Um, we see things in a way that not all people see them, and we create out of that vision. Now, I want to move on to um, just sharing, again, a little bit more context in exactly why I'm doing this too, right? And so I, I, I do want to bring awareness. I do want to bring conversation. Uh, this is close to home for me because I have suffered through um, some depression in the past, some anxiety, and had some experiences around these things even more recently, which I'll get to. But I had a trip that I took to California the beginning of uh, last month. And this was a trip for me to go and just have some time in solitude and hang out with a friend and have some new experiences in a new place. Sometimes you just need to change the channel a little bit. And I was fortunate enough to be able to take this trip, plan this trip a little while ago. And um, it was really good for my soul. I started the trip by going to a monastery, uh, which I know is is a little odd um but a friend of mine really encouraged me to go to this monastery in big sur california and if you've never been to big sur it is just breathtaking the views and i mean it's things that i've only seen in photographs and there it was laid out before me it's it's one thing to see pictures it's another to actually be able to walk into a scene that is so breathtaking um so I went to this monastery simply because I felt like I needed a timeout. Uh, I was putting myself in timeout because I've been processing through some things lately, some changes. And this was a, a basically a, a two-day retreat that I had of complete silence. And it was amazing. Um, I learned to just be still, truly. Uh, there was no agenda while I was there. There was no, I mean, once I finished all the like, hey, I've journaled, I've gone on walks, I've taken some photos, I've done all the things I'm supposed to do. Uh, it was then that I was able to just sit and go, okay, now what? Now I'm getting so quiet that I'm actually listening to those places inside me and around me that normally get drowned out by the noise and the activity. And it was pretty incredible. But I want to back up a little bit from there. My journey had started. I left New Jersey and flew to California. It was about a six-hour flight or so. And landed, then had a car rental debacle that cost me another two hours, unfortunately. Uh, and then had to drive about five and a half hours uh, from LAX all the way north to um, 
Big Sur and this monastery. And I was warned that as you get closer to the monastery, that area, there is no cell signal. Um, so be sure that you have your GPS locked in and you know where you're going, have some printed directions and so forth, which I did. Um, but what happened was it started getting later and later and I was tired. There was a time difference. Uh, there was all this travel and I was in the car and it was getting darker and I was getting closer to the monastery. And at one point I just remember, okay, I just need to get there. I mean, I'm feeling really tired at this point. Uh, the car rental that I had had one of those, um, alerts that goes off that tells you when you're driving outside the lines a little bit <laughs> and it was going off a lot so much so that the dashboard lit up and said like bro I think it's time for a break and there was a little symbol of a coffee cup um but I was just determined to to get there because uh, I just needed to be there I need to lay my head down but as I was driving um I was going through these hairpin turns where on one side of me it was a mountain uh, the side of a mountain and like, like kind of this cliff looking rocks and the other side was just complete blackness what i could only assume was the coast but i couldn't see anything and there were no street lights there's no cell signal and it i'm tired and i just need to get there and so i keep pushing through keep pushing through and i'm not even sure exactly where i'm going um, i'm following the best i can the directions that i have hoping that nothing uh goes wrong hoping that there's no point at which the gps dropped out or that sometimes you know it doesn't exactly leave you right where you need to be um i was hoping that all that would would just not be an issue thankfully it wasn't i get to the monastery and check-in has passed already so they left me a key and a little map and told me where my room was and so i checked into my room and just was exhausted fell asleep and said okay tomorrow's a new day i'm gonna get up and and just explore after that and so that's what i did the next morning i got up and it was nice and sunny beautiful weather and i started to walk the grounds and i started to see all these amazing views that were just breathtaking i remember that there was there was a, a road that you took to get into the facility that was lined with all these benches and these benches were sitting on the edge of uh cliffs and overlooking uh, the coastline and just really inspiring views. So I made my way every so often to a new bench and I would take some pictures and I would just sit and marvel. And sometimes I would write in my journal a little bit. And I was really asking for some direction. I was really asking for really understanding and a clarity that I needed from that time there. And as I made my way around these benches, uh, there was one particular bench that I sat in and, you know, I believe in God. I've shared this before in the past. I used to be in full-time ministry and my relationship with God is um, something that is very core to who I am. I don't always talk about it, um, but it's always a part of me and a part of what I believe and how I operate and uh, never want to, you know, push that on anybody else. But um, it's certainly part of my story and my experiences. And so I'm sitting there and I feel like God is saying, hey, I want you to pay attention because I want to tell you something. And so I leaned in and I'm sitting on this bench overlooking this cliff and I feel God saying, look to the left. And I look to the left and I see these incredible rolling hills and this fog that's moving in on the coastline and just beautiful water that is so blue. And then he says, look forward. And I look forward and it's ocean as far as the eye can see. And then he says, look right. And I look right and there's green rolling hills of the mountainside and the property of the monastery. And he said, this is what I mean when I say abundance. I have all this for you. And more than that, all of this was here all along. And I just couldn't see it. I drove through darkness the night before, past all of this stuff that was there, but I just couldn't see it because I was in a season of darkness. I was in a time of darkness. And it wasn't my fault. And it wasn't that I did anything wrong. 
But right then and there, when I heard God saying this to me, it was light. It was day. It was a different time. And God said to me, this has been here all along. The same is true for all the things that I have for you. The things I have for you to do, the things I have for you to experience, the people that I have for you to help, the art that I have for you to create. It's all there. It's always been all there right along. There has just been a time at which you have traveled through a season of darkness and you just have not been able to see it until now. And it was such an incredible moment for me to be able to receive that. And there was also this confirmation that I was to use my experiences and my story to help fellow creatives, to help other people. Part two of that message came the following day when I was getting ready to leave. And I again, I had done all the things that I was supposed to do and was feeling like, I think I'm done. I think I'm going to leave. I had to go meet a friend and I had no way of getting in contact with this friend because no cell signal, of course. And so I thought to myself, well, I'll leave and it's a little early, but I'll just take my time working my way down the coast. And so I started to leave the grounds and then I felt God saying to me again, and by the way, when I say God saying to me, I don't mean obviously some audible voice. I mean just this internal whisper kind of thing. Um, I felt God saying to me, okay, here's part two. As you're making your way down this mountain and stopping along the coast, I'm going to show you up close all the things that I showed you from the mountain, from up top. I gave you a bird's eye view of what was there, of what is there. Now I'm taking you back the way you came in darkness, only now with the light. And for me, that was a confirmation of me entering back into the times of my life and the experiences in my life, those moments where I've said, I don't really know what to do with this part of my story. I don't know if there's any redemption to this piece. And I felt in that moment, God saying to me, yes, there is, and it's going to be leveraged to help some other people. And so that was really the, the, what I needed from that trip to confirm to me that I needed to be speaking more about my own personal experiences in regards to mental health and creativity and helping some other creatives as well who are dealing with some of these things. Um, so exactly what this looks like moving forward uh, is still being formed. Uh, I am looking for opportunities to speak more. I'm looking for opportunities to uh, go and help even in the corporate space to speak to creative teams, perhaps who are struggling through some of these issues and being able to help those who are in management on the corporate side, as well as those who are on the creative teams and have uh, some facilitation around this, this conversation. But again, some of that is still being formed. Um, but right now, my goal is simply just to show up and share and to bring awareness and hold space. And so that's what I'm doing right now. Episode one, way back of this podcast, I shared a little bit of my story and you've heard context of me sharing about my struggle with depression when I came back to my art and established essentially the daily creative habit, which I talk about all the time. It's linked with that story. It's linked with that experience. And so I talk about that a lot. But for the sake of this conversation, I will give you a little bit more background. Um, I had been in graphic design world and got to this place where I felt like I had reached a point where I'm like, is this it? Because I don't know if this feels like it. I think there's something more. I think there's something more inside of me that wants to do something maybe more meaningful, have some more significance to my work. Um, not that I didn't enjoy the design I was doing and I was working with some great people and by all accounts outwardly, things looked like they were great and they were, but internally I was struggling with this sense of mission and purpose, I guess you could say. 
And that led me to leave graphic design and to go into full-time ministry for about the 10 years following after that. But as I did that, as I made that transition, I not only left graphic design, but I also kind of left behind a lot of my creativity. In a 10-year span, I didn't really have a place where I was showing up and flexing that creative muscle. I wasn't creating anything. I wasn't drawing anything. I wasn't really doing anything that was feeding that part of me. And I underestimated the importance of showing up and being who you were created to be. I was trying on a lot of roles that I thought would fulfill me or a lot of roles in which it seemed were practical, things that needed to get done, things that other people perhaps didn't want to do and I was there to do them. I found myself in some roles that were more administrative, um, which uh, <laughs> as a creative person, you, you probably already can tell that that's not in the gifting and sweet spot. And so the culmination of a lot of these different things, of denying that part of myself that was creative, I struggled with this thought of calling myself an artist um, and defining exactly what that was and didn't feel comfortable wearing that label for a really long time. I knew that I wasn't a designer necessarily anymore because I had left that career behind. Now I'm in ministry, didn't quite fully feel like a pastor, although I was and I was ordained. So I had all these conflicting things that were going on inside of me and around me, coupled with um, working with friends and family, faith, finances, a lot of those things all in the same bowl. And when one thing starts to unravel, the others get affected big time. And that's what started to happen uh, outwardly a little bit, as well as me inwardly struggling with this depression, this nagging sense of, I'm not sure how to show up and be who I truly am. Um, and so that having walked away from my own art and creativity, not having done anything for the span of 10 years, it finally led to this place of suffering from depression. And quite honestly, I didn't even know that I was depressed. I knew that something was wrong because I was struggling a lot emotionally, internally. I felt like I was really beat up. I felt like I was really tired. I felt like a knotted up ball of twine that I couldn't find the edges to. And people around me kept saying, you know, Mike, I don't think you're yourself. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Who would I be? Like, I don't, I don't understand that statement. And someone said, I think you're depressed. And I said, I, I don't, think that's true. I don't have time to be depressed because in my mind, I thought, okay, depression equals you're not able to get out of bed. You're laying on the couch. You're unmotivated. You're not able to function. But the truth is I was really depressed, but was high functioning. I was still showing up and doing all the things that I needed to do, but yet still suffering a lot internally. And then also being in a place of leadership not really having a lot of avenues to go to be able to talk about that, which compounded things as well. Um, so eventually I ended up going to this counseling ranch uh, in Colorado and it was um, determined that I was suffering from something called dysthymia, which is kind of like a situational depression. And the way that it was described to me, and I thought it was perfect, it was like, it's like trying to walk around with a large bag of rocks tied to your leg. Everything takes so much work and it's exhausting. And this is situational usually. It's circumstantial. It's based feeling like you're trapped, like you can't get out of your situation. You don't see a way out. And so you start to lose hope. And that was the thing that scared me the most, honestly, was this sense of, I feel like I don't have hope. I feel like things have gone dark and I don't know how to get that back. I don't know where it went. And feeling like I was praying and crying out and feeling like God was far from me and feeling like asking why would this, why would he let this happen? Why would 
I'd be allowed to go through these things. I uh, didn't really understand it and couldn't see a way out. Um, and the question was asked of me at this ranch of like, what if this role that you're fulfilling right now isn't where you should be? And I didn't really know what to do with that because I thought to myself, well, I'm currently in a church that I helped start. Um, this was something that I had always wanted to be a part of. Um, I wanted to have a, a say and a voice and to help create something that was an environment that I would have loved when I was younger. And the thought of leaving that, it's like, how do you leave something that you helped start? And where would I go? And that led me to some more struggling because I thought to myself, well, I've been out of design world for about 10 years and feel a little left behind in some of the things because obviously technology moves pretty quickly and trends and so forth. Unless you're really in it day to day, it's easy to lose some of that. And then I also felt like I was chewed up from ministry and was not really able to go and help care for other people and fulfill any kind of role that would be in ministry, nor did I think that I wanted to at that point. Um, so I wasn't really sure where that left me. And it also left me in a place of a lot of loss, a season of loss, of saying goodbye to family and friends and a faith community, having to move, having to sell a house, um, in the midst of that, my father was diagnosed with cancer and passed away quickly. And I was trying to figure out how to be uh, a caretaker in, in the, the few months where before he passed away, um, helping my mom and my family. Um, all these things were happening all at the same time. And it just seemed like it was rock bottom, like thing after thing after thing was being stripped away from me. And I really had a hard time making sense of it all. And I thought, like, this is it. This is what life has become. Like, how did it get to this? And is there any way out of this? Is this it? This is what my life has become and, and there's no moving forward? Because I couldn't see. And I was so filled with pain. And it was through that experience then, coming through the other side, ended up moving to New Jersey because of uh, a church actually that needed graphic design. And so it was kind of bringing both worlds together. And it was a moment just for me to pull the car on the side of the road. And, and again, God is saying to me, look, we're going to get some health. We're going to get some perspective, some healing. You're not going to be a place of leadership anymore where you're helping call the shots. You're not going to be an authority. You're going to be somebody who is um, in a cubicle uh, showing up, doing some work that's creative, but also in a place where you can get some healing. And so that's what I had to embrace at that moment. And, and I'll be honest, some of that was really hard for me, uh, going from this place where I was in a position of authority and a leadership and, and then into a place where I was not. Uh, I was not in the room making some of those high-level decisions. Um, it was really humbling to me, but very necessary. And ultimately, that is the very thing that led me back to my art because I started to say, I need to do something that brings me joy because I have a serious lack of joy right now. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I want to experience joy again, if at all possible. And the thing that used to bring me joy was when I, yes, when, when I would just be able to sit down and create something simply because I wanted to not for somebody's project, not for somebody's business, not to monetize, but simply because it made my heart happy to create something. And maybe I showed it to somebody and maybe I didn't. Maybe I gave it away and maybe I didn't. But it was up to me as to how I wanted to show up in that space. And so I remember okay, how do I do this? How do I show up for art like that? I mean, this we're not talking design. We're talking like drawing and painting and things that I hadn't necessarily done since my art school days. And I was thinking to myself, how do I get back to that place? So I started with some local organizations that offered some classes and I signed up for a printmaking class actually that had nothing to do with any of the previous uh, art expressions that I had just because I felt like 
okay, there's not going to be this pressure for me to feel like I have to perform because this is new. I don't have experience in this other than some silk screening. And so I took this class and someone there had mentioned to me about um, getting this book. And it was called The Creative License by Danny Gregory. And I got this book and it so floored me because in this book, Danny said a couple of things. And one of them was, you know, if you're looking to um, have perfection, if you're looking for photorealism, then just take photos. But embrace the wonkiness of your drawing and of your style. Um, and that really spoke to me because I thought to myself, but way back in art school, I can't do photorealism. That's my benchmark for real artists, for true artists. Um, everything seemed to be skewed towards that for life drawing classes, for rendering. Everything was always about making it as real and as perfect and as polished as possible. And I think there's a place for that. And I understand that. But for me, that also said, there's no room for mess. There's no room for wonkiness and weirdness and what may be perceived as imperfect. And so therefore I convinced myself that I just wasn't really an artist. I wasn't truly a artist because I couldn't do photorealism style. And this book just gave me permission. It gave me freedom to go, oh, you know what? I'm actually kind of a mess and I need to embrace that mess and not just be okay with in the process of trying to achieve something that looks like it's photorealism or perfect and then getting frustrated in the process, um, not just aiming towards that, but actually aiming towards how messy can I make this? How many paint splatters can I add? Or, or how can I, quote, mess this up or approach this in a freedom? And so um, I started to embark on another notion that he mentioned in this book, which was doing a daily piece of art. And so that was my beginning of a daily creative habit. I'd gotten a sketchbook and I sat in Starbucks and I drew this awful Starbucks coffee cup that I talk about a lot. It was horrible. Uh, proportionally and stylistically, it was just embarrassing. Uh, but it was my day one. I wrote at the top day one and I decided I was going to show up for a day two. And I leaned into that process and I leaned into let it be what it was going to be and to show up however I could show up, but at least to show up. If it was 10 minutes a day and that's all I could muster, um, especially in my depressed and emotional state, that's what I just allowed myself to do. I did that along with some journaling and I did that along with um, trying to get into some therapy and some help. And the more that I leaned into that, the more health I felt returning to me, the more that I felt like, oh, this is what I really love to do. Oh, this is who I really am. Oh, this is what I should do and leverage to help other people. I figured out some principles that were helpful for not only me, but for other people. I ended up with some books that I self-published. I ended up with art prints. I ended up with a lot of opportunities that came out of me showing up every single day and putting work in. And that's what I champion, right? And I just had an episode not too long ago where I talked about 10 years of daily art making, where I've showed up for every single day of the past 10 years. And that has been an incredible journey. And it has helped me significantly through some dark times. And it has given me an avenue and um, resources to be able to channel when I'm feeling certain things uh, or want to express certain things, especially around mental health. Um, it's given me that outlet. And it's given me the ability to create some things that make connections with other people. And so for that, I'm very, very grateful and thankful. But I also knew coming to 10 years, I needed to change things up a little bit and not necessarily post all the work that I do all the time and not lead with the story, my narrative being, I'm the guy who shows up every single day and does something. And here's what that looks like on my Instagram account. Here's what that looks like in my social media and so forth. Um, I have felt the pull towards talking more about this mental health and creativity and talking more about um, being open with my experiences and my own story in order to help other creatives. And so that's 
some of what's happening now. Um, I want to say that there's not just been that point in the beginning that my creativity, my coming back to my creativity didn't just come out of the time of depression and darkness. Um, that is, is certainly where my daily creative habit took root, but it's not like I had smooth sailing these past 10 years. As a matter of fact, last year was a very difficult year for me. Um, and without going into too much detail, um, some of the stuff is still fresh and I want to also, uh, just honor some people who are involved. Um, but I had a situation where, um, I ended up getting divorced last year and needed to move and ended up in a place, an apartment where I could afford that would take my dog and all the rest of the, um, particulars that needed to work out. It led me to a place that was about 45 minutes to an hour away from everyone that I knew, my family, the community that I was a part of previously here in New Jersey. And I was kind of in the middle of this place that felt like just so alone. No community here. Uh, on top of that, you know, in the midst of COVID still, and so lockdowns and people not gathering, uh, businesses not really open, that just really led to an even deeper level of feeling completely alone. And there were times when I sat here in my living room and just sobbed um, and just felt forgotten felt invisible, felt like, here we go again. Depression is sitting with me and sitting on me, and it's different this time. Now, my daily creative habit was something that I leaned on this time. I'm thankful that I had that in place. I'm thankful that I had the system in place of showing up every single day, not having to think about a lot of the, the things in order to act. Um, I was able to just jump into what I could do quickly and let that be an outlet for me. Let that be a place where I expressed some things and created some things out of what I felt um, and dove back into therapy dove back into trying to sort through some things at this point in my life and going, this was not something that I would have expected nor um, would, would think that this would be part of my story. Uh, yet here it is. And again, approaching it with this mindset of how can this be redeemed, not only for my own story, but leveraged to help other people? Um, this has been an intense period of time for us as a society to go through what we have gone through worldwide of, of these lockdowns and social distancing and um, not being able to even um, operate like we would have normally. Um, all of that, I think, has taken a toll that we're still finding out about. And depression, anxiety through the roof, um, not just with adults, but with kids as well. Um, there are so many people who are trying to still sort through the pieces of some things that have gone on, and perhaps you're one of them. Um, and so I'm sharing this stuff um, because again, I want you to know that you're not alone and I want you to know that it's important that you show up for yourself, for those around you. And even if you feel like there is nobody around you, your life matters, believe me. And the thing about creativity too, is that it doesn't force its way in. You have to invite it. And I'm so thankful that my creativity was kind of reborn, if you will. It had a phoenix moment, rising from the ashes, coming back stronger than ever, clearer than ever, more passionate than ever. I'm so thankful that it had its roots in a season of darkness 
and depression and struggling with mental health because it taught me things and it made it so firmly rooted that when I needed it again, 10 years later, going through a different scenario, but still struggling with some mental health issues, it was something I could lean on and lean into. And I continue to do that to this day. So things are still changing in my world a bit. Um, I'm actually leaving this apartment that I've been in for this last 12 months that has been a symbol of um, just hard times of loneliness, of some depression, anxiety, of, well, a grieving a life that I had and trying to figure out what the new life looks like. And so I am heading to a new place, um, starting a new little chapter, just being real open and honest about some of that stuff um, and saying, hey, I am still in transition. Uh, I'm listening, I'm leaning in, but I'm also feeling like I've gotten so much health and so much perspective and knowing myself so much more in the process of this. And as I get to know myself more and more deeper levels, more self-awareness, the more what I create can be powerful and used to help other people. And my creativity isn't simply just making a pretty picture. It's not simply just visual art. It's not simply just graphic design, which I, I still do today. It's not doing these live sketching at events. It's not simply just making some kind of uh, pop culture art or illustration. My creation is me showing up and pouring my heart out on this podcast. My creation is in having coffee one-on-one -on -one with somebody who needs a friend in a conversation and some vulnerability, some empathy. My creation is me showing up and saying, I'm going to take ownership over my own life and because no one's coming to save us. No one's coming to open the door for you. Um, nobody's coming to set you up for success. Uh, there is a certain amount of agency that you need to have over yourself and over your own thoughts and your emotions um, and to know yourself well enough where you can lean in and show up so that you're living the life that you want to live you're helping create your own environment and making those choices that lead you to places of health, lead you to places of creativity, and lead you to a place where you can be the best version of yourself. And also knowing that that's always going to be in transition. It's not something to arrive at, but it's something to keep working on and towards. And your creativity plays a huge part in that. Your creativity shows up in how you make a meal, in how you fill your calendar, what type of things you say yes and no to, how you see the world around you, how you see yourself, how you talk about yourself, how you tell your own story and narrative, in where you choose to look for redemption in your own story and the own, your own dark places in your life. That's where creativity shows up. It's not simply raw talent. It's not simply technique. It's so much more than that. We can admire those things and we need to practice and to hone skills and techniques. But ultimately, it's when you wrestle through some of those deeper things and you understand who you are and how you need to show up in this world and you have something to say and you have people that you want to help that's when you employ those skills and techniques that's when you're able to show up with skill and excellence and have your message or your life received because you have done the work that is necessary to earn you the place to be able to speak and to share. 
what those things are that you've created and you continue to create. It's messy. And dealing with depression, dealing with anxiety, with burnout, with, I mean, you fill in the blank, the thing that you are struggling with in regards to mental health today, or maybe the people around you are struggling with. Um, it's important to show up, to want to leverage everything you have towards getting healthy and creating out of a place where you can offer who you truly are, even in process. Part of what I'm going to be doing moving forward is this creative mental health Mondays on Instagram. And I want to extend an invitation to you. Um, I'll be sharing a post about this shortly. So keep an eye on my Instagram, which is at Mike Bone. Um, I want to create a place and a space where creative people can create something around the themes of mental health and post it and use a certain hashtag and tag me, of course, so I can see it and reshare some of these things and start to bring more stories and more conversations into awareness. Um, and so this will be a Monday thing that I'm inviting you to be a part of if you would like to. If you are struggling or have struggled with some mental health um, issues, and you can create something around that. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be visual art. Uh, it can be uh, part of a song. It could be a poem. It could be a video. It could be sculpture. Uh, whatever it is that your creative expression is, I'd love to invite you into this and ask you not just simply create something that has to do with the theme and then throw it up there with a hashtag, but give some context. Give some story. Why did you create this thing? What is it that you're hoping happens as a result of you creating this? What do you want people to walk away with or to feel when they experience what it is that you've created? What were you experiencing as you created this? And so I'm excited about this because I really truly believe that this can be a community thing. This can be something that is um, allowing conversation, allowing not just me a place to share my story and my experiences, um, but allowing others in to say, yeah, you know what, me too. And here's what, what mine looked like. Uh, and I think the more people who are willing to share those stories and share those experiences, the more hope we can bring for those who are in the midst of the darkness, those who are struggling uh, and, and need that help. And and, and let me tell you, it's a hard thing when creativity is your livelihood and you need to show up and be creative, but you're also struggling with mental health. You're struggling with depression and anxiety that is um, not allowing you to show up how you really need to because it's coloring your thoughts. It's coloring your mood. Um, it's not like you can separate these things into boxes internally. And so it's a very difficult thing to do to, to leverage your creativity when you're in the midst of that um, and not feel like you're going to be shamed or penalized. I think a lot of people who work in um, creative jobs, you know, they're not self-employed, but they work for someone else. They're afraid to voice some of these things because they feel like if they do, maybe their job is at stake. Maybe their performance hasn't been what it needs to be or, or should be. And the reason really is because they're suffering from some of these things, but they can't really let on that that's what's happening or they somehow feel like they can't let on they don't, or they, they're not comfortable being vulnerable enough. Um, and so they will, they will suffer in silence. Uh, and, and then eventually things may get so bad where they get frustrated or feel burnt out and then want to walk away from their creative job altogether thinking this isn't working. Um, this is not what I envisioned when I w said that I wanted to, 
use my creativity to make a living. Um, and then they walk away and go to something completely different and don't even engage with that creative place in themselves anymore until perhaps years later when something happens or that urging that pops up every so often that they can't ignore gets so loud that they have to do something about it. That's where a lot of people have found themselves in coming back to their art in some way or another. And so if we can have some conversation around that before things even get to that point, have some conversation around what does it look like for us to be pursuing mental health and creativity, to be the best versions of ourselves, to share the stories, to be vulnerable, to practice empathy. Um, I think this is where we win. And that's where it overrides uh, competition and envy and where we start to experience more community and more people helping each other and sharing stories that are bigger than ourselves because they go out into the world and impact the lives of other people that perhaps we may never even meet. Maybe you're listening to this podcast right now and you're in another country and we have never met and maybe we won't have opportunity to meet, but you're hearing these words and they feel like life to you right now because you're feeling like somebody understands you. You're feeling seen and heard and understood. And that in and of itself is so very valuable to you where you are right now because it's it's what you need to keep going. It's what you need to keep showing up. It's what you need to lean in again and again and again to not only your creativity, but your mental health and getting help and being the best version of yourself. So that's the conclusion of this first episode on creativity and mental health. Again, coming episodes, I'm going to have some guests on. I'm going to be sharing some more practical things, uh, some things that we're going to hear from some people as to how they navigated some of these experiences or um, have helped others navigate this uh, field of, of mental health and creativity. And um, I hope you're encouraged. I hope you do feel seen and heard. And, um, and today, you know, go create something. Yes, I'm ending this episode by saying that again. But maybe the thing you need to create is space to get some health and perspective. Maybe the thing you need to create is the life that you want to lead and stop pretending, stop trying to fit in all these roles that you're really not meant to fit into. Embrace who you really are and start creating the type of art that you truly want to. The art that speaks to you and to those around you. So with that, I leave you with, go create something. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.